Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to Geek Town once again. Uh, it's our thirty seventh episode, I believe, and uh, this week we have with us. I love reading books. Amanda, it's fun. hello, <laughs> Amanda. Yes, <laughs> I was expecting Dave to introduce me. That's why I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> um, so. I, I, I thought I'd pay your theme tune. So, <laughs> so um, yes. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm I'm very well, thank you. Being the mayor of Geek Town, treating you well. <laughs> yes, it's treating me very well. I'm <laughs> I'm having having a lots of fun. It's been good. Um, what have you been up to? Because we haven't spoken in a long while. No, we haven't. It's Seems like it's been a while since I've been on Geek Town, so I was super stoked today, knowing that on the way back home from work, I was going to get to talk about awesome TV and movies. <laughs> um, I saw Pan on Saturday. How is it? I, I've I've heard it's got panned quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's bombed on the reviews, but I loved it. Now I don't know whether that's because I really really love the story of Peter Pan. It's probably one of my favourite stories. Yeah. Ever. Um, but I like that it was something different. Um, they made it into a prequel. So it was about yes. how Peter Pan ended up in Neverland, why he's eternally youthful, um, and sort of his journey into accepting that he's this sort of magical chosen boy that can fly and do all this fun stuff. I really liked it. My only um, issue with it was um, the big controversy around Rooney Mara being cast as Tiger Lily. Yes, yes, I heard about this. Yeah, I mean, she was an amazing actress for the role. Um, they sort of made her a bit more action-y than she she was in any of the other films. Um, but race issue, not so much. Their argument was that um, the tribe in Neverland is a made-up place, therefore it doesn't have an ethnicity, which makes sense. Yes. Um, but it was predominantly a white tribe with a <laughs> sort of token yeah. um, people in there, which was a bit upsetting. But yeah. other than that, very, very good. Cool. I liked it. Good. And I'm seeing Disney on Ice tomorrow. <laughs> um, have no, Disney week. Uh, yeah, I've not... Yeah, pretty much, actually. <laughs> um, I've got no excuse to go. I'm not taking a child with me. I'm just going because I want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, I think I think that's perfectly fine. I, I it's, it's always um, it's always good to go and see Disney stuff. Why not? I think so. There's a girl at work that said, "Oh, I really want to go, but I've got no excuse to go. I've not got any like children as cousins or anything." And I was like, "Just go. I'm just going." Yeah. Um, yeah, that's exciting. Should take her with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Dave, seeing as we're 
about 10 days away from Halloween. Yes. I think I'm going to have to ask you what your plans are and what you're dressing up as. Well, I don't. I don't massively do Halloween parties. I don't do parties much in general, to be honest. But um, you surprised but, me. I was expecting you to have a giant outfit planned for it. Yeah, no, I, I, I have, I do have a couple of kind of backup outfits. Obviously, red, <laughs> red hood. Anybody that's met me at Comic Con knows I have a red hood outfit mm. um, from from Batman. So, um, I and uh, I shall be out and about in that at uh, Comic Con Birmingham in uh, next month. Nice. Um, uh, I also, thanks to uh, Secret Cinema, have a um, a Star Wars outfit uh, as well for like a X wing pilot outfit as well because I used that for uh, for Star Wars uh, when I went to Secret Cinema. And that's so, appropriate given the trailer. Yes, I was going to say, have you seen the trailer? Yes. Yes, I've I've been watching it constantly <laughs> on a loop. I've seen people crying on the news about it. Oh, did you see um, uh, Daisy, the the girl that plays um, Ray in the in the film? Yeah, the lead girl. They she she'd stayed up like until midnight to to wait for the the trailer to be released because it, re- it was released last night. Um, and uh, she'd stayed up to watch it. And there's this wonderful footage of her mate videoing her. It's on her um, Instagram feed of her mate videoing her watching the trailer, crying, going, it's so good. Oh. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's really sweet. Um, so, yeah, it's, she, she's like a huge nerd fan as well. Yeah. So uh, I, I was I was quite impressed. But there was some really interesting stuff that comes out of that because you've seen the trailer and you've seen... Um, the poster as well, which is yeah. the official posters now out. There's one person particularly missing out of both of those in any prominent way, although the, he may possibly pick a, a pop up in the trailer. Um, and that's Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Um, and he's we, the main character. Well, yes, he's one of the original main characters, and we know he's in the film because his name is on the poster. Um, and there have been shots of him around, and we know he's been over here filming. So we know he's in it, um, but he's not appeared on the poster, uh, and all the other kind of major characters have. And he's also um, not really in the trailer. There is a shot of somebody putting their hand on R2-D2's head and it's a mechanical hand, so there is a fair chance that's probably him. But we don't actually know that. It might not be. So that's slightly odd. I suppose it'll all become clear once the film's ready. Yes, it will be. But that's that's so. There's things and theories flying around as as to why maybe that is the case. Maybe he's disfigured in some way maybe there's some some makeup gone on and they don't want to reveal that possibly he's wearing a mask throughout it I, I, you know maybe he's actually they've flipped it somehow and he's turned to the dark side and he's one of like the other characters maybe because a lot of people assume that he was going to take on this sort of obi-wan role because mm-hmm. he's got the big beard with this um uh maybe that was all a front and maybe he's actually kind of the new emperor role i you don't know oh it's so exciting it's it's quite interesting uh that is it's also there was a really interesting bit as well where um han solo kind of they, they it, it would appear that that the original stuff from the original trilogy has sort of gone on to being legend because there's a point in the trailer where um, the the characters ask Cancelo about it and you know about the stories and he's saying it's all true you know the the dark side um, and the force 
uh, it's all true, you know. So yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting as well. That that the the whole kind of it, it would appear that there wasn't a big new Jedi movement. This really it, it had all disappeared again. Yeah, you know. So um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of every time I see something, it's like jumping up and down like a little child. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, we've got Mockingjay as well, part to um, release next month. So it's like next month it's Mockingjay, and then the month after that is Star Wars. Yes. So I'm like freaking out a little bit about the end of the year yes yeah. <laughs> no there's some great films coming up it's always really good for that sort of stuff there's great films there's conventions on all over the place there are um some fantastic uh, games coming out over the next couple of months as well um which we've spoken about at length over the last few podcasts so um uh yeah i'm i'm kind of looking forward to the next couple of months it's going to be very cool really <laughs> there's That's- also shed loads of decent tv coming back as well so yeah good time of the year to eat lots of junk food and sit in your dog <laughs> and sit on the tv yes <laughs> yes um what have, have you been watching tv recently what sort of stuff have you been watching to be honest we've been watching um reruns uh, well not reruns um we've been binge watching peaky blinders because of the the series three coming out next year yeah um and any excuse to get tom hardy in my life is, <laughs> is always good for me so <laughs> Yeah, lots of Peaky Blinders at the moment. Oh, cool. Yeah. That, it is a great series, that. I do really enjoy that show. Yeah, it's um, really I really like the way that they use modern music in it. Yeah, yeah. Like last night's one, there was like an Arctic Monkey song where they, they'd uh, done a rendition of the theme tune that worked really well. Yeah, yeah. They they um they do that sort of stuff. There's a number of shows that do that incredibly well actually. Um The Nick is the other one that uses a very modern soundtrack for a very kind of uh what is 19 100 1920 something like that that setting um so and that uses a very modern soundtrack for it so there's a there's a few shows that do that sort of thing but it it works really really well um if it's if it's handled with care anyway yeah (laughs) not just throw it in just because yeah yeah so yeah what have you been up to um, watching well stuff that's been back this week there's some some really kind of interesting things there's um the muppets which ah, I've not watched it yet. I need, uh, I'm going to get Now TV like tonight. Right. Just so I can watch it on Catcher. Yeah, it's um, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. It is very much what, what it appears to be, which is kind of the Muppet show mashed together with The Office. Amazing. Um, that's basically what it is. Uh, so it's, it's um, set around the uh, Miss Piggy show. And Miss Piggy is basically a chat show host. Uh, which and- she would make an amazing chat show host. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so it's it's her doing her chat show and the rest of the Muppets are her team and obviously the Muppet band is the band. Um, they have a, a guest band on as well, so it gives them an excuse to bring guests on and you know have a guest musicians on and stuff. And so that's been kind of really good and really fun and uh, they've got the whole relationship because Kermit and Miss Piggy have broken up, so that's kind <laughs> of a thing as well. Um, and he's dating another pig. Yeah, there's a, the classic line the, of, the, the pig that looks a bit like Natalie Dormer. Yeah, really? Her eyes look a bit like <laughs> Natalie Dormer. I'm sure Natalie Dormer would be really happy about happy you saying that. An attractive felt pig. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I think Natalie Dormer is absolutely stunning. I'm just saying it's <laughs> <light> resemblance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have to say, I've not seen that. But... You say something you just think, oh, I've said that loud now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to live with that. that that's fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I have to say I'd not seen it myself, but but yeah, okay. Yeah, you asked I'll, about I'll, it. I'm I'll definitely it. not alone. <laughs> so yes, he's he's dating a new pig, as he says in the show. Uh, so what can I say? I have a thing for pigs. Gonzo um, <laughs> <laughs> so. has a thing for chickens. I mean, the yeah. isn't one for yes. intentionality with the relationships. Yeah. Um, Fuzzy's dating a human as well. Oh, I love so the, Fuzzy. So there's a there's a whole thing about sort of fuzzy meeting the the his girlfriend's parents and stuff Aww. um which is is very cute and uh th- so that that's really good as well and and uh, th- they're sort of the 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 dad is kind of slightly barest <laughs> you know <laughs> so so that's that's sort of um yeah there's serving salmon and yeah they serve him salmon and the mother's like going going uh oh you know i i if i if i thought about it i would have left some raw and he's got like no no it's fine i buy mine at costco you know (laughs) (laughs) just great i need to watch it it's really funny i i'm well worth watching um and as you say it's on their tv if you've not got sky get a now tv subscription it's dirt cheap and really easy and it's it's the easiest way to get the sky shows for a, like a fraction of the price of of sky so um it's well worth doing yeah we usually do it for game of thrones but i've just some, like i've been crazy like busy this week and I've, it just slipped my mind that it was on yesterday yeah and, and i was um reading up on the production notes and i was just like oh my god the muppets the muppets came out i missed it, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> well it's a good time to get it because you've got the muppets um flash and arrow were back this week as well yes. um and they're both had really good strong starts i really thought they uh they handled those well um you mean the apocalypse as well which is this new show that they've got running uh which stars uh i can never remember his name he was the guy that was in the wrong man's um with uh, James Corden, the one that wasn't James Corden. Oh, uh, right, um, okay. <laughs> was it James Corden? Uh, Matthew something or other, and his name escapes me. But uh, starring him, and it's got Rod Blow in it. Um, oh, I like Rod That's really funny and really well worth watching. Um, so, yeah, that's back on um, conventional TV. You've got Homeland on at the moment. Have you got an Amazon subscription? There's no. there's a great show. Uh, just I watched the first episode. Well, episode and a half because I I was kind of I want to see the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a show called Mr. Robot, uh, which has come over from the US. Uh, stars, um, well, has... it stars Josh from Until Dawn. <laughs> I really want to watch this. Um, yeah, and it's got um, uh, Christian Slater in it as well. Um, it's basically about a guy who um he he's kind of um i would say played as though he he's a sort of low level autistic um you know very, can't can't kind of socially connect to people um still functioning but but uh you know obviously has issues with with things but incredibly intelligent and he plays this uh hacker and he's working at a security firm and one of the major clients they work for it's very funny the the major company they deal with in the show is called the uh, evil corp um and <laughs> and i mean it's it's one of those things that they obviously did uh, as a way of going well this isn't going to get us sued by anybody because yeah. nobody has his name <laughs> so so it's it's always because i did wonder whether we're they were referring to it as evil corp but no i mean it's actually every, all the banner stuff is evil corp and things so whenever you see the logo to be e um I, which i i think is kind of quite a nice idea of sort of slightly otherworldly sort of thing going on um 
Brilliant. I mean, I saw the um, posters for it, and I, I don't know if you played until dawn, but um, I re- I completed it this weekend. No, I haven't. Oh, it's so good. You you really should. Okay. It's, it's sort of a, a butterfly effect game. It's a it's a choice game essentially. Yeah. Um, seven teenagers in a wood. Um, one of which is Hayden Panettiere. Um, and there's basically like a murderer. Um, but it's it's a lot more complex than that. Um, but you play as all seven of them. Okay. And you, you make choices, um, and sort of it, it sort of determines whether that person's going to live or die, basically. But Ooh. he was um, his character in it was was spectacular, and he was really really good in the game. Um, and I haven't seen him in anything else other than Mr. Robot. That's all the posters are off. Uh, Mami, Rami Malek, his name is. Um, yes. He's in Mr. Robot. He plays. Uh... Amakran in um, uh, Night at the Museum. I'm trying to just looking out, he was in the Pacific. He was in Twenty Four. Yeah, so he's, he was in Twenty Four. Yeah, he he was um, Marcos Alzacar in Twenty Four. He was. Um, oh. oh, pops up in um, Twilight Saga as well. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> just, just looking through his IMDb, uh, but yeah, he's he's the main lead. Uh, Elliot Alderson. He plays in Mister Robot. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he plays this sort of hacker that works for the security firm. Their main company that they work for, which is this evil corp, um, gets uh, hacked, and he manages to stop the hack, but finds a file which basically tells, you know, says, uh, "Leave me here," and he decides that he will kind of um, ring fence the file, but leave it where it is, and that then gets him contacted by this uh, hacker group called F Society, run by Christian Slater, uh, who is the titular Mr. Robot. And, um, yeah, it kind of goes on from there, and they sort of draw him in um, to, to this, this sort of hacker world. The one, the one thing I, I really liked about it is the way that they're actually portraying the hacking in it isn't your sort of um, ridiculous CSI graphics flying all over the place sort of stuff. It's it's done with kind of, you know, line code, basic graphics. I mean, it looks genuine. I mean, and it sounded genuine. The stuff they were talking about sounded genuine. I'm sure if you're a hacker, you'll go, that's rubbish. But to, to, to somebody who has a, a working knowledge of how to put computer programs together, um, you know, that, that, it sounded authentic enough to me to 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 make it kind of not wince at it like you do when you're watching episodes of CSI or NCIS or those sort of shows. Um, so yeah, I I thought it was um, I thought it was really good, really interesting, and definitely worth uh, getting. Amazon's got some fabulous shows on at the moment. Yeah, you've mentioned Amazon before. It's something that we need to look into properly because um, we're not really using our Netflix account. Um, yeah, and I, you're getting. I know that Amazon's got like quite a lot of shows that aren't necessarily aired, but like from America, and it just goes straight to Amazon, and yeah. you can watch shows um, a little bit earlier. So it does sound like a good option. Yeah, no, it, it's it's well worth getting. They've got um, quite a lot of shows that um, if you want to catch up on, they have quite a lot of the the catch up shows are the same as as the ones on Netflix. Um, the only thing that you're missing with Netflix are the Netflix exclusive stuff. So, but I'm kind of the same at the moment. I'm using the Amazon account a bit more than I am using the Netflix account. Mm. Um, 
So it, it's it is worth getting. I mean, it's great if you can have both. the The other advantage of the Amazon Prime account is the fact that you get all your stuff shipped for free next day. So oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so so uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of worth doing just just for that as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, that's that's really good. Um, I I heartily recommend that to to anybody if they've uh, if they've got a an Amazon account and are looking for new shows, um, definitely go and watch Mr. Robot. So, yeah, uh, I think that's my kind of the main stuff I've been watching. The only other thing was Doctor Who this week, uh, which had, uh, did you see that this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the the uh, Macy Williams um, story, who who wasn't any of the things that people reckoned she probably was, uh, yeah. like the Rani or, or that sort of, or, or the, you know, a daughter or Susan or, you know, that sort of stuff. She was a sort of entirely new invention. But she's back again um, this week as well. Brilliant! Um, One of my favourite people. Yes, she is awesome. The uh, the the YouTube clips are just fantastic. The the sort of she, I don't know whether she's done more than one, but certainly the first one I've seen. And I know you're addicted to a vine account, aren't you? So? Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just so funny. Yeah, no, she she she's very sweet and very funny, and uh, she was really good in that. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with her in the next one as well. That could be quite good. Yeah. Um, one of the things that they covered in the in the show this week was where the Doctor got his face from as well. You know, <laughs> yeah, that? I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, which was a nice little touch because you know, and it covers the fact that he's been in the show before, as had quite a lot of the previous Doctors have popped up at some point in uh, in previous episodes and stuff. So, so, uh, and certainly previous other characters have popped up before. Yeah. Um, Speaking so, of the yes. Doctor Who owl in Birmingham, oh, yes, ten grand. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yes, mm. for, for those who aren't aware, there was, um, do, you, do you want to explain the owl thing? Yes, yeah, sorry. Um, in Birmingham, there was a big campaign called the Big Hoot, and basically the, these giant owl statues that were decorated in all different different ways were scattered around the city, um, and you sort of had a little scavenger hunt for them um, in the summer. And then um, last week, they all got auctioned off, and all the money went towards Birmingham Children's Hospital. Um, there were some really fun ones. There was one that looked like a penguin. There was one that looked like the TARDIS. Um, there was an Ozzy Osbourne owl, um, of course, him being from Birmingham. Um, there were all sorts of different ones. They were all really fun. Um, but the TARDIS one went for, I think, one of the highest amounts. Yeah, that's it's not surprising. It was quite cool, actually. I, I, I've not seen it in person, I don't think, but I've seen photos of it. It's uh, very cool. So, it's yes. the first one that I went to see. As soon as they got like, <laughs> a restaurant scene, I was like, right, we need to see the Tardis Owl. Tardis Owl and Penguin Owl. Yeah, they are very cool. They're, they're quite large, some of them as well. Yeah, they're massive. Yeah, so, um, so that's very I don't cool. know where people are going to actually put them. But... Huge garden ornaments, I've assumed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to scare the dogs. Yes, maybe. <laughs> Um, all right, we should probably get on and do some uh, some actual news uh, rather than just general chit chat. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's go on and do that. So the uh, first news story we've got this week is um, Stephen Fry has announced he's leaving QI at the end well, of this. Well, they series. might as well just stop doing QI. <laughs> 
Well, you, you see, I, I would. I, I, I'm very sad to see Stephen Fry because he's so perfect for that um, that that job. Uh, and he's he's basically said for 13 years I've had one of the best jobs in TV. Uh, behind the camera, squadrons of extraordinary, brilliant researchers, program makers, and uniquely curious in both sense of the word. Uh, people make that job so much easier. In front of the camera, generations of lively minded and above all, of course, the wonderful nature that is Alan Davis. Um, after passing the alphabet's halfway mark, I thought it was time to move on, but I'll never cease to be grateful for John Lloyd for devising QI and everybody else making it so much fun. Um, so he's done 180 episodes so far, which is not oh, wow. bad going. Uh, they actually, I noticed last night, so I'm assuming it's on the on iPlayer somewhere, um, they ran the very, very first episode, which um, had um, Hugh Laurie on it. Oh, amazing. Um, so I might go and look that up, because I, I yeah. think I have seen it, but not for a very, very long time. So seen it uh, i'm sure it must be on iplayer somewhere because it was running i think on bbc2 last night um so definitely go and see if you can find it it's it's well worth uh watching i love um, hugh laurie and stephen fry together yeah they are hilarious um yeah. also the fact that he's done 180 episodes which isn't bad considering he was only ever supposed to be the fill-in host because the actual host is supposed to be michael palin and he couldn't make the recording <laughs> um and and then they kept him uh so you know uh it would have been a, a i'm sure it, i mean michael Palin's is brilliant i'm sure it yeah. would have been a great show with him as well but um uh so steven's now gone or will go at the end of this season and you've heard who they're replacing him with no, who they're replacing him with they're replacing him with sandy toxvig who is the uh, chairwoman of the news quiz or was until very recently on radio four um i've actually seen her her do live stand-up um she's of a similar generation to steven she's incredibly intelligent um she's a very sweet adorable lady um and, and actually is a fairly good pick i think to replace Stephen. um that they, they they're very similar kind of sentiments i think she's a really good person to replace him she she used to do a tv show called number 73 um which was a saturday morning tv show when we had such things when i was a child mm-hmm. uh, and uh, which i i remember dearly so i that's where i originally know her from but she then she got into sort of politics and and other sort of stuff i just googled her um she's been on a couple of episodes of qi yes I remember her now she is very intelligent like steven actually that's a really good shout now that Yes. And I didn't know, I knew her face, but not her name. Ah, uh, right. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think she's a really, really good uh, person to, to pick. So if you're going to have somebody to to, uh, to go on and do the other half, I think that's a fairly solid choice. Um, she uh, she left the news quiz, which was the Radio 4 show. Uh, apparently she was going to go in to do some stuff with politics, but it seems that's slightly kind of... Um, taking a, a, a left turn now she's doing this yeah. as well she may be doing both I guess but uh, uh, yeah so so um, that's the politics any day to be honest yeah so she's got experience <laughs> of hosting and um, uh, you know I, I think she's a really good choice uh, Alan Davis will be staying around as, as resident um, panellist and sort of village idiot. Uh, so. <laughs> resident awesome person. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's that's one person uh, leaving a BBC quiz show. A um, couple of little stories. Uh, the Another person leaving a, a BBC quiz show is uh, Andy Parsons, who um, is one of the... Um, 
regular panelist on Mock the Week has decided he's now leaving Mock the Week, um, mm-hmm. which is a bit of a shame because he is he does have some great one-liners and he is a great show. Uh, he is, he's very funny. They're going to have to get another resident Scott in. Yeah, well, he's actually suggesting that, that it would be a good opportunity to make a female comedian one of the regular ones rather than uh, sort of having a rotating... Yes. Great, which would be quite yes, good. please. But uh, he, he's, what he said was, when unlikely things to hear in a superhero movie comes round for the fourth time, it's probably time to move on. <laughs> 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 uh, which I thought was quite a good line. But yeah, so he's moving on, and uh, they'll be getting somebody else. I suspect in as a regular slot. Although I don't think they've actually, when um, Frankie Boyle left they never actually replaced him with a regular person so you know maybe not but i i don't know we'll see i, I think they need one regular person on each panel um, yeah i think so. hugh is tends to be the regular one on the other side so i don't know we'll, we'll see what they do so that was one little news story uh another thing popped up uh top gear um chris evans has apparently picked his co-presenters and they start filming tomorrow so we may get to find out who they actually are um whether we'll actually know any of them is an entirely different matter because he said that the presenting team have come from the open auditions that he did. Some people have done a bits of telly, but it sounds like none of them are probably big names. We won't know until, uh, well, I'm, I, I'm guessing there'll be announcements coming tomorrow if they're starting to film because it'll leak <laughs> out. So well, that sort of blows our prediction of Jodie Kidd out of the wall. Well, unless he's just saying that and sort of, I don't know, you, you don't know. Red herring us. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. So we'll, we'll see. But um, it sounds like they're going, it sounds like if they're filming tomorrow, I suspect they'll announce tomorrow as well. Um, they may not, they may try and keep it under wraps, but I mean, that's going to be difficult to do if, you know, people are, are actually filming because somebody on the crew, crew will probably leak it. Um, yeah. Top Gear returns in May next year with 16 new episodes. So um, that'll be something to look forward to. Still don't know when uh, Cla- the Hammond Clarkson May new show is going, or what it's called or when it's going to air yet. But uh, James May was actually saying something about the fact that he's quite looking forward to, to sort of seeing the new Top Gear and, you know, having it run with their show because it's, you know, nobody loses everybody. It just means you've got two good car shows, hopefully, now. So, you know, uh, he's quite looking forward to it. So we'll, we'll see how it all goes. Moving on to American TV, um, Da Vinci's Demons, which is coming to an end with a 10-episode third season on 25th of October. Uh, it airs over here. Um, if you're a fan of, of Da Vinci's Demons and have watched the first couple of seasons and were worried this is going to end on a cliffhanger, it was cancelled, so it was sort of going to end up on, on a cliffhanger, but when they found out they cancelled, they allowed them to go back and do some reshoots to give it a more definitive ending. So uh, we'll see how it turns out, but it does mean that hopefully the story is a bit better tied up than it would be if they'd just left it, which is good. They're saying it's the most ambitious finale they've ever done. goes out with a bang. It's huge and expensive. So it, it would have always been great, but now we've just added the icing on the cake to make it feel more like more of an end. So that's good. Oh, I, think. That's nice. I, I think that's good. And, um, one final kind of news story. Um, the Teletubbies are coming back. Odd. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently the 365 episodes they've already made weren't enough. 
so yes, they've they've announced that uh, they're going to start making new versions of 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 Teletubbies episodes. Some slight tweaks here and there, but it's still uh, Tinky Winky, Dipty, La La, and Poe. They've had slight upgrades because apparently their um their their uh, screen tummy screen things are now touch screens. <laughs> Oh no, they're iPads. <laughs> Apparently. Um yeah, maybe they have just stuck iPads on the fringe. Um so yes, they've they've had that upgraded. Uh they the the Hoover uh companion Nunu is back. Um they've got a new gadget called the Tubby Phone, voiced by Jane Horrocks. Um so there's new technology coming in. There's a a whirling tubby custard ride, apparently. Oh my god, amazing. Uh, um, so so yes. I wonder if it's gonna be the most sought after Christmas toy again next year. Maybe, maybe. Uh I was I was one of those kids that had a, a telly tubby for Christmas. <laughs> uh I wasn't my I was... wasn't too pleased about it. <laughs> I wasn't I was very, very much too old at that point. Could have had one ironically. <laughs> I, I could have done I was probably a student at the time, so maybe I could have done work but yes so uh yeah they they the teletubbies are back so if you're um a stone student or a very young <laughs> child uh, i'm sure you'll be very happy <laughs> um so that, that's it with the main bits of the news we have got a few cancellations which i just wanted to run through because they as I, we said when we talked about cancellations last week that you are going to start seeing these come through and there definitely have been a few uh arise this week um defiant has been cancelled after three seasons uh, which is the um, show about a sort of terraformed earth um, which I'm a bit, a bit sorry to see go because I just started kind of watching the first few episodes so, oh, that's annoying. so I, I don't know whether I'll carry on now it depends how it ends I might have to see whether it ended on a cliffhanger or not um, Devance does have a video game that goes along with it and it's a big MMO thing. It was a really kind of expensive thing for them to do. The video game apparently is going to continue and is uh, going to be unaffected by the cancellation of the TV show. So, um, yeah, that's going to carry on. It's interesting because it was cancelled by Sci-Fi who produced it in the US. It's actually still quite high rating for it, but nowhere near as high as it was when it started. So its rating has dropped quite a lot. It's still one of the high rated shows on the network but it's probably too expensive for them to justify it you know with the ratings dropping yeah. i think that's probably the case so i've having a bit of a clear out actually because i've also announced dominion uh which is a thing about uh, angels fighting on earth that's been cancelled after two seasons and uh haven lost girl and continual i'm also going uh this season as well which we already knew about so uh they they're running their final seasons um well, Haven and Lost Girl, I think, are running now um, over here. Continuum, I think, comes fairly soon. So, um, yeah, there's those going as well. A couple off sci-fi. Um, Rookie Blue has been cancelled after six seasons. Um, and uh, Graceland has been cancelled after three seasons, which I'm a bit sad about because I quite enjoyed that show. Mm. Um, so that's gone. Uh, there's one new show uh, returning, uh, brought back from the dead uh, by Netflix, as it has a tendency to do when they, they look at what people are watching and they've decided this is a good idea. Uh, there's apparently a deal running for four 90-minute episodes of the Gilmore Girls, which was incredibly popular. Um, I think it was in 
ABC show? No, it wasn't yeah, ABC. It was um, uh, it was on. Oh, that was it. Yeah, it was on the CW, um, or it was on Warner Brothers. Actually, it was on uh, WB. And then when it got merged into the CW, they couldn't negotiate the contract back, so it, it caused some issues, and and that ultimately ended up with it getting canned. Um, but it was it was quite a beloved and popular show. So uh, are they going to do it as a as a flash forward? Because well, you guess so. Because I imagine every, yeah, I imagine none of them are teenagers anymore. So, <laughs> um, so yes, that That's that cool. looks like there's four episodes, four ninety minute episodes of that coming to Netflix, which is quite cool. So uh, yes, that's that's the end well, of. Go on. Fun fact. Go on. The main character of Gilmore Girls is uh, married to the actor who plays. Um, Pete in Mad Men. Oh, is really? Yeah. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Crossovers. <laughs> I won't be happy unless he makes a cameo. Well, ma- you what I'm saying. maybe. It should be easy enough to get hold of, I would have thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, that's, that's the end of the news this week. Next up, we have an interview. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves... Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. So this week's interview is with a new director called Phil Sheeran. He's created this movie called uh, North. Uh, it's a short film, but it's been making quite a lot of waves in the film world. Um, it's incredibly powerful. It's about a young boy who is sort of struggling with his uh, family when his mother decides that, uh, who's got a terminal illness, decides that she wants to take her own life. I, I watched it just before I interviewed the guy and um, was in bits and kind of had to try and pull myself together before I actually kind of, you know, sort of five minutes before we actually interviewed him because it's incredibly powerful. It's uh, one best UK short at Raindance, uh, best dramatic short at the the Galway film Far, Far. Um, apologies to any Irish people listening, how I pronounce that. Um, <laughs> stars uh, Barry Cohen as Aaron, Emma McCourt as Mary, um, who are the, the main kind of two characters. The uh, I, I think he, Phil actually possibly did this as a student film, or it was one of the first things he did straight after he graduated, because he's only been graduated like six months. But uh, he was a really good guy to talk to. Uh, so here's the interview with him. Uh, we'll see you afterwards with some air dates. <laughs> Hi, Philip. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm right. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, a bit, a bit, um, bit tired, but that's more just some normal work, not so much. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I I know the feeling. I've 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 been at work all week, so you know <laughs> this is my last thing before my weekend. <laughs> nice, that's the weekend for good. Yeah. So yes, we're we're on to talk about your uh, your short film North. Yeah. I've literally finished watching it, so I've just about managed to compose myself. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so because. So, um, it's a fairly powerful piece of work. Do you want to just explain a bit about the movie? Yeah, okay, like the synopsis would be um, they're isolated on a farm 
and fighting against his family, Aaron struggles to be heard as he watches his mother willingly die. So, so yeah, so it sort of sets up a high stakes um, from the from the out. But um, I think I think what the the strongest part of the film, or the thing that I, I wanted to do with the film, was to keep it as subjective as possible and not get into the politics of anything. So it was all about the emotion, and it was all about um, being with this kid and understanding them and sort of like going on that same journey for once of a better expression. But yeah, but like every yeah. kid wants his parents to live forever, and that's this is a film about coming to terms with. But growing up and realizing that that's just not going to happen. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Like, <laughs> Where did the idea for the story come from? My mom was very ill. Like she had cancer, and um, basically, I was, I was working in Ireland in a place called the Factory, which is a uh, it was a collective of filmmakers. And while I was there, I applied to NFTS, which is a film school here in the UK, which like uh, it's no film school in the world. So if it was in Ireland, I'd be immensely proud of the place. So the English would be really proud of it. Because it's <laughs> but um, I applied to go there to do an MA, and it's an incredible, like it's a long shot kind of thing. Like it's a, like it's like winning winning the lotto kind of thing. Like you know, talent would take you so far, but you're up against hundreds and hundreds of people for only eight places. So yeah. It's kind of like you're just you're incredibly lucky to get it. So I, I got the place anyway, and um, so I took in my job in Ireland, and I was moving over here. But my mom was on the tail end of being of having cancer. She, like she she recovered, but there was massive post-operative complications. Like and were almost worse than the cancer itself. It lasted for over a year of being was being bedridden. And then um, it was during that period when I was in first year of over two year MA course. That I moved away, and I sort of—I just—I just—I I don't know. Like it's just like Irish guilt or Catholic guilt or whatever you want to call it. But I was just incredibly guilty about not being at home and not helping her. And it sort of—it it just like it was quite obvious, like in terms of literally came out of that. In terms of like, even though there was no, there was never a question of of um, assisted suicide or anything like that when my mom was sick. But yeah. it, it just, there was a lot of illness. It was just on that my grandfather just died, who was my mom's father. And the last few months of his, um, he was he was 93, but like the last few months of his life were not comfortable at all. So yeah. even though no one was really talking about it, it was still, it was, it was a conversation everyone was having in their own mind, if you know what I mean. And, um, and that's sort of when it came time to make a film. I sort of, I just, the only thing on my mind for over a year since I left was my mother. So the film was going to obviously be about my mother. And then this was, this was the question. Like, obviously, there's a big theme of letting go in the film, which is, um, yeah. Which is, I like, which is what the character in the film got to do more successfully than I did, I think. Like, in terms of, like, being able to come to terms with, with, with manning up, as it were. Whereas I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like, I like, I still like, I, I went home a lot and I got, man, I love it a bit. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? She, <laughs> she deserved me being there. That's sort of what I was guilty about. But yeah, but the film, anyway, it's a fictionalized version of what could have happened. I mean, yeah, a lot of big, big topics, big issues. So, yeah. Yeah, it resonated with me because I, I lost my mother out five years ago. She was she was seventy to a to a brain tumor. So, um, you, you know that that's I I, I you yeah, know that that sort of thing resonates quite a, a lot 
uh, yeah. with me. I, you know, it, it is an incredibly powerful piece of work, I think. Um, you picked up a number of awards for it as well, haven't you? Um, yeah, we've, we've, we've been nominated for loads. So, I mean, ah, right. We've, well, we've won two so far, but we've been yeah. nominated for nominated for like 10 or something like that. Um, like, it, like it, to be honest, yeah, I, I'm, I'm over the moon. Every day. I'm even over the moon when we get into a festival because it's quite a long film. Like it's, with the credits, it's nearly 23 minutes, which if, if you go to film festivals and watch shorts, that's like anything over 17 minutes is incredibly rare in, in the festival. Yeah. They don't like program, programming them. They just asking a lot of time from the audience but plus it means they like they let in like to let in my film is potentially not letting in two films you know what I mean so yeah it, it, it's a hard film to program so anytime it does get in anywhere I'm, I'm thrilled and then when it gets nominated or win something I'm like I'm, I'm genuinely quite surprised because I like as you've seen it's like we shot it in a very kind of 1970s style like we shot it on film so it doesn't it looks different in the months nowadays digital stuff with, with yeah. lots of movement and hyper editing like we're, we're very slow editing the film slowly uh, it's a slow burner as, as people would say but um but yeah no so yeah so with the awards yeah, we won rain dance last week and then a month ago two months ago a month ago we won a um which is uh an oscar Qualifier festival, so it's that cool for us. So we'll see what happens that's, next. <laughs> yeah, that I mean that that's fantastic, and I mean I I think very well deserved as well because as I say, I mean I I find it an incredibly powerful you know little movie. I it's yeah, <laughs> so I had to compose myself a little bit before before coming up to talk to you. Oh no, thank you. That's great. Um, what's your background? What what got you into directing? My background is engineering, really, beforehand. Right. I wanted to do film. <laughs> when I was 13, my mother was away, and I watched a film called High Plains Drifter, which is a uh, Western with Clint Eastwood. It was the second right. film he directed. And, we, and that film just opened up. Like it actually was, it was like, for some reason, there was something in that film that made me realize that films were more than just entertainment. Not that entertainment is like, entertainment is amazing, but up until then, it was all gloomy and that kind of thing. Yeah and, yeah. and I was a kid and I loved it, and that's what it was. It was going on an adventure. And when I saw High Plains Shifter, I sort of, I know, it opened up, like, it was like a door opened up in my head where I finally started understanding that films were able to talk about something and comment on society and this kind of stuff. So from then, I wanted to, I wanted to, do make films, but I started, I don't know, I'd say like most people will sort of think that, I guess it's like, to use the same metaphor, but it's like winning the lotto, it's something that normal people don't do, is making films, so even though I was a massive film book and I watched everything, I didn't really plan a future in it. So when, when I finished uh, school, secondary school, and it came time to go to university, I just like yeah. Even though I was like I put film down, but it was down. It was further down my list in terms of colleges, yeah. uh, universities, and um, yeah. So I ended up going and doing uh, aircraft engineering instead. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I did that until I was twenty-five. Yeah, so I trained until twenty-two, and then worked at it for a few years. I was not a very good engineer, so like. <laughs> 
world is a safer place than me not fixing aeronautics. <laughs> I was going to say, being not a very good uh, aeronautical engine is not really the best, <laughs> best thing to uh, be. And, 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 uh, <laughs> like, I was like, I was, I was so happy that I had a, a passion because I found it quite easy, like considering the money is very good, engineering and not safe, yeah. um, it should have been a harder decision. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, I was ready, I was ready to run. Like, so. But yeah, but then I went back and I studied um, I studied film in Ireland first before I came over here. So, so yeah, and that, that's it. But like, in terms of being a director, I actually thought I wanted to be a cinematographer first because uh, right. it was just really like, was, I don't know, it's like being dyslexic. You sort of, like, which I'm dyslexic, it's sort of, you're sort of, you're filled with a lot of this, this sort of, I don't know, the rhetoric that dyslexic people see the world differently and all that kind of stuff. I'm not, yeah. that, I'm, I'm not that I'm saying they do or they don't. It's just, well, like, I, I don't know how you see the world or another person sees the world. I just know how I see the world. And, yeah. um, but, but I believe that at the time I went in, I was like, oh, I'm going to be this revolutionary cinematographer. But I'm working on sets and working on film crews. I quite quickly realized that it's not the, the technical part of the job. I wasn't into it at all. Not that it's like many cinematographers are. But the job I wanted was the one who orchestrated the scene and the one like you know yeah. who worked with the cinematographer and say I think we should go on this lens here or or whatever. So I'm still quite technical, obviously, with the engineering background and going through that. But but yeah, but it was just it was that route. It was certainly working on set, and in camera crews, working then working in lighting crews, just so I could sort of see more overview of the of the whole process. And um, it was doing all that that I was just. Yeah, that was like, now I want to be a director. Like, so, very little ego, more a practical thing. That I, <laughs> I, saw, I saw every angle, and I was like, oh, yeah. this is what I actually think about. When I come up with stories, I don't come up with them from a writer's point of view, or from a purely, uh, like, DOP, cinematography point of view. Like, it's always about, like, there's always, been, like, it's always about the emotion, and it's always about, like, every best conveys. Like, I think. Just, yeah, and anyway, I just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find the uh, the cast for the film? Casting, God, I hate casting. Um, <laughs> I knew Mark, the main guy in it, Barry Cohen. I knew him from Ireland in the job I was doing back in Dublin. Um, one of the things I had to do was work with work with actors that were either um, new, like new to acting, or People who are very much um, seasoned, but they're seasoned, seasoned for the stage. Because there's very little film work in Ireland, so people, the actors that are sort of that are very that are used a lot, they're, they're used a lot primarily just on stage. So when they get on on screen or in front of the camera, it's a different kind of performance. Like it's the same thought process and all that kind of stuff, but it's a different kind of performance. So it was my job just to keep them a little bit sharp in terms of this is what a camera sees. Whereas Barry was pretty much discovered by a casting agent called Maureen Hughes in Ireland. Right. And she brought him. And I just sort of set it off with him, like like running running scenes that he liked, like scenes from um, Kuhan Luke and things like that. He'd come in <laughs> and he'd want to pretend to be Luke, this kind of stuff. And um, but then he got put up for a couple of pretty big parts. And so we had to workshop like myself and himself workshop the character and workshop the scene and he got he got pretty much everything he went up for so um so he did really well yeah. and then I left came to England and then I just when I was writing I was actually a bit afraid that I was like 
I didn't initially think of him for the role just purely because I hadn't seen him for a year and a half and I was yeah. in college university mode um, but when I did start writing it I was like oh, like I'm especially that last scene is stuck to some. I was like, oh, I, I don't know if I can find an 18 year old or 17 year old that'd be able to pull this off. Um, which is just like, you know, me being like paranoid or worrying. Like, uh, of course, there's loads of them out there that could do it. But, <laughs> but down, when I remember Barry, I was like, I was like, holy crap, this guy could pull it off, no problem. So it was a bit of a hunt to try and get him there and keep it in our budget. And that I get to live in my house while, I was, while we were shooting because we had no, like, the budget was only. 2,600 or something, like wow. quite small. But um, but the rest of the cast came together through the casting agent. Like I sort of just get character briefs and backgrounds. Like Emer McCourt, the woman who plays his mother, she hasn't acted in a long time. She played um, uh, she played the lead in the Ken Loach film years ago. Uh, right. She got married and had kids and started. Uh, wrote children's books and all that and in the meantime and this this was the first thing she acted in since so so I was like this is brilliant and then there's McAleer who plays Uncle Richard is like he's a very well known actor in Ireland and on the stage you know so, so things really just fell together but on the on the guidance of the of the casting agents like the casting director like the only the, the only thing that I was able to bring to the table from my knowledge with actors was Barry and but but he's, uh, he's, he's visually and story-wise in the center of every of every scene, so we needed someone strong. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he, he does a fantastic and very convincing job, I think. Um, I, it's a great relationship between the scenes between those two, um, particularly, I think, work very, very well. Um, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah, no, really good. Um as you got into directing, are there any other directors that you watched that that um, really inspired uh, what uh, you wanted to do? Yeah, no, completely. And it's like I know with everything, moods change and all that kind of stuff. Like Stanley Kubrick is my is my number one director of all time. I have like I've watched everything. I've watched everything multiple times, and I still watch it and with like. I was like a child as if I'd never seen it before. But um yeah. but he's on another level and he's also he's quite cold though, like which is something I don't think I am. But from a from the directors that I sorta that I, I I'd say I'd more I'm more used as reference. Like I wouldn't really use Danny Kubrick as reference just because you're gonna fall short or I yes. Um but for reference I like the, like um Robert Altman and Sidney Lumet, so like these kind of the seventies guys that were sort of yeah big in America and then at the moment over in Europe um, like Jacques Odier is smashing it he's absolutely amazing um, and then like on, like Danish cinema like they just ever since Festin really they've sort of been blazing the trail so like yeah like I see Antichrist Lars von Trier's Antichrist is one of my favourite films you know it's quite, quite a tough watch I just there's so many levels going on it's unbelievable but um, our club West and yeah, I, we can just keep going, like stuff like uh, Japanese wave <laughs> as well. I love all that stuff. But um, but the but the guys I like are they're very like even Jack Odier who has this kind of cinema verite style to his thing clearly aren't because like his entire scene composed in a single shot and all that. So I'm I'm, I'm yeah. into that. Like and I and he, like I'm surprised he mentioned you know, but PT Anderson like the way he's like. I'm just I, when I look at Pete Anderson's early stuff, like when you watch um, 
like hard eight or Sydney, whatever you want to, whichever country you're in, you want to refer to it as. And he was 26 making it. I was like, I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. I can't keep up with them guys. <laughs> but I love watching a lot of people as well that I wouldn't really use as reference, like, like Fincher. Like, you know, I, I love all his films, but like, he's not. Like, I'm too dumb. He's too much of a different person to me, but I love him. Like, I'll watch everything with like three, probably. But yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. from England, actually, but picked some of me. Shane Meadows. Shane Meadows is probably my favorite British director. Yeah. 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 Inside his, inside the harsh nature, I think. Like, so he, he gets the, the, you know, he gets the drama and the dark drama, but he also gets the comedy blenders. Yeah, there's a poetry too, which is quite strange, which I, which I love. So, yeah. yeah. So. Well, I was- I was going to ask actually. You, you've obviously this is this is quite a, you know an emotional, powerful um, piece that you've done. Do you um, have you done comedy pieces? Would you be interested in doing comedy stuff as well? I would love to do it. I haven't written one. I've only ever done anything that I've written myself, and everything right. has been quite quite serious and in your face. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I, I'd love to give it a shot. Like even like I'm going to shoot a music video in Morocco. Uh, next week and I was sort of like it was a a prime opportunity to do anything I wanted but I still I'm still doing something quite serious like the the story (laughs) I heard of is about a guy who's like um, drug smuggling like you know so he's gonna swallow a lot of drugs and get caught so so it's not that (laughs) funny Um, but yeah no I'd I'd love to but it's I I don't know it's that thing I I do see it as the hardest thing to do yeah yeah, like everyone says, it's like, like obviously when you really explore good drama, you're you're connecting with people's souls in this kind of way. But if you're able to have people laughing for two hours, like in a feature film, like that's genius. That's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would like, yeah, I'll tackle it. I'll tackle it. So like a horror, horror sci-fi. I, I think a horror sci-fi first though. Just like they yes. one of the films ever. So and they're they're doing another one now. So I'm like, I need to I need to come up with a good sci-fi idea just so. I can keep writing that line. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I, I can sort of see see you you veering into into the kind of horror sci-fi stuff, um, you know, because I think the emotional connection stuff and and I yeah, I I can see you getting into that from from just the the style of of the 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 movie. So you know, um, that I'd be quite interested to see to see what you come up with. So what are you uh, what are you up to next other than music video? Um, I'm, I'm actually I'm just writing that like um, it's sort of like I only graduated like six months ago, so it's sort of in the kind of flux period of, of putting projects together. So I just finished um, having a first season of a TV series, which we'll be pitching around soon, and um, yeah, I've actually had a huge budget. Like I have a, I have a short film which I just really want to make, but it will cost a ridiculous amount of money to make it. So my producer is going to have his work cut out for me if he can find somebody that will <laughs> willing to get money. But uh, but on the film front, which is what I I want to do, like you know, just keep writing and directing features or moving to features. Like I have like three or four ideas, but uh, I'm sort of it's that thing of like I'm working on them. Each of them one like 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 three or four ideas each day, and you're sort of watching the pile grow bigger. But I'm waiting for one <laughs> to tell me which one I want to make. If you know what I mean. So yeah, like, yeah. I had a certain so, 
point the film talks to you in a, in a weird way. Yeah. 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 Um, what's what's the TV series you're you're pitching around? The TV series is uh, it's based on Napoleon. It's called King of Kings. So, um, okay. I've examined the life of Napoleon and I've taken all the uh, decisions he makes and the types of actions and all that kind of stuff and the influence he had on people. And I've sort of mapped them out and then I've taken them, them decisions, but I've transferred them to a character in, in nowadays, like a, a modern day setting and a character from Syria who's a, a Syrian refugee. And um, so basically it's his rise to power but we pretty much map the life of Napoleon on this young guy from oh, Syria. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's a brilliant idea. I like that. Yeah, so oh, cool. but, it, but, there, but there you go. Like it even comes from like the reason why I'm the reason why I studied Napoleon or why I read about him a lot and watch documentaries and all that kind of stuff is because I love Stanley Kubrick and like he was obsessed <laughs> with the guy. So I was like I spent years spent years researching the Napoleon Kubrick because I love Stanley Kubrick and now I have a now I have a TV series based on based on him. So hopefully yeah. we have some. I won't be pitching this. Um, I don't think this month. Like we have a couple of meetings next week, but uh, hopefully, hopefully I'm, I'm looking forward to it anyway. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. That's yeah. Uh, that's a. I I hope that goes somewhere because that's a really interesting sounding idea. Um, speaking of. TV. We've got one last question because uh, we cover a lot of TV on the website, so we always ask people uh, this: Are there uh, any TV shows out there that you're a huge fan of, or something that you would love the opportunity to direct? My 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 main my favorite shows are over. Like, uh, <laughs> like Sopranos, Sopranos is my hands down my favorite. Yeah. Or like even That's- like I know a lot of people Breaking Bad, and like I think Breaking Bad's great and. That kind of thing, but uh, but the thing I love it the most, most at the moment, with an animation is Rick and Morty. You know that? <laughs> yeah, I ha- I've had that. So I've had a couple of people recommend that to me, and I haven't got around to watching it yet. But I'm told it's fantastic. So uh, it, it's absolutely brilliant. But uh, but yeah, it's an animation. But I'd still, I'd actually rather than direct that, I'd love to just be in the writers' room because it's like it's one of the funniest things I've seen in in many years it's actually amazing like they've only done two seasons so far like blitz the whole two seasons in like a day so i was like couldn't get enough of it but uh <laughs> i know I, yeah besides that now besides that there's nothing jumping out like this guy like i don't know what's what's happening i think narco is pretty good actually on netflix yeah that that's another one i've, I've got to go and watch dead i really <laughs> love the netflix as well yeah uh, yeah uh, yeah cool, cool. All right. Well, thanks for coming on and talking to me. Um, I good luck with everything. I'm really interested to see whether that TV show goes anywhere as well. That, that I shall be keeping an eye out for. Um, but uh, yeah, good luck with everything. And uh, yeah, if you've got anything else coming up, come back on and talk to us. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Bye, Phil. That sounds really good. Yeah, um, it's really good. Honestly, I'll, I'll put a link up on the website. It's well worth going to see. So uh, that was the interview with Phil. Here are some air date updates. <laughs> Edits. This week we've got a um, number of changes. Um, first one is we've got an edit for um, Cuffs, which is a new um, police 
drama, uh, well, drama comedy set in Brighton uh, about the police force there. We actually interviewed Karen Bryson about a film she was doing who plays uh, Custody Sergeant Melanie Pike in the show, so go back a few episodes if you want to hear that. But um, Cuffs looks quite interesting. It's coming to BBC One on the 28th of October at 8pm, so that's one to look out for. Vampire Diaries, which I know a lot of people will be very, very happy about. Um, returning 28th of October as well. That's at 11pm. They've started putting that on quite late, uh, but they did that with last season as well, so don't get too worried. I think they've just decided it runs later um, perfectly well. So, Supergirl. Excited for this one. Yeah, this was this was the announcement this week that uh, Supergirl, he's found a UK home on uh, Sky One. That's coming on the 29th of October at 8pm, which is very quickly after the US as well. So uh, you're going to have, it, unlike the US, they're all going to be on the same uh, channel as well. So you're going to have Arrow, or rather Flash, Arrow, then Supergirl, sort of on consecutive nights, but lots of things. So it's the same team behind Flash and Arrow. It stars Melissa the Bionist as Supergirl. It's an interesting from the bits I've seen because there was an extended kind of trailer that went out. Uh, the bits I've seen, it, it, it's kind of Supergirl meets Ali McBeal. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited. <laughs> uh, she, yeah, she's Kara uh, Danvers, which is the um, Earth name she's using, is kind of a klutz and and sort of a female Clark Kent, but they're playing it very much like a sort of, uh, as I say, a kind of Ali McBeal-esque kind of character. There's a certain comedy to it, uh, but it, it, I, I thought it was quite sweet from the bits I've seen. I, th- I thought it looked, it's, it's a different sort of take from uh, Flash and Arrow. There's unlikely to be crossovers because they're on different networks in the US, although they are sister networks, so it's it's not impossible. But I'm quite looking forward to this coming on. Um, it, it's got slightly mixed ratings for, well, it's not actually aired in the US, but it's got like slightly mixed kind of feelings from people that have seen it. So I don't know, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I'm quite looking forward to it. Uh, 29th of October, at 8pm that starts so yes that looks quite hot in Cleveland season 6 is coming to Sony Entertainment Television on uh, in November they haven't given an exact date for that yet but uh, that's quite popular US sitcom I think that's the final season actually US sitcom about four women in Ohio then also coming to Sony in November, there's a new show called Younger, which is about a 40-year-old who rides to, tries to reboot her career by pretending to be 26 after she's on night out and somebody uh, says she's in her 20s or thinks she's in her 20s. And That's thinks- literally going to be my future. <laughs> <laughs> I you're see it now. Constantly pretending you're 26. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so so yes, I think she does work in something like PR as well. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's literally my future. Next year is where I stop. <laughs> yes, you, from next year you do not get any older. Nope. <laughs> so yeah, season one of that coming to uh, Sony on, in November. Uh, Grey's Anatomy Sky have announced is returning to Sky Living for its twelfth season in December. Um, so if you're into that, that will be coming back. Two Broke Girls. We don't have an exact date for this, but a lot of people have been asking around about it. We've got it listed as autumn at the moment, but that may not be correct. It may actually be January because it was January last year. Uh, it's been autumn previous years so we don't know yet um but autumn or january seem quite likely for for two broke girls uh that's on e4 
And there's a new show which has been announced by the BBC called SS Britain, or SSGB, sorry. Um, that's coming to BBC One some point next year. I thought it sounded quite interesting. Set in the premise that Germany won the Battle of Britain. Uh, this is an adaptation of a novel which follows an American ger- journalist involved in a murder. So it's kind of... Oh, wow, that sounds really interesting. Um, yeah, got this this interesting backdrop. I mean, there's a show on, on um, Amazon called The Man in the High Castle, which takes a similar premise in the US, actually, of sort of US having... Uh, Germany having taken over the US and, and it being sort of split vertically down the middle between Japan on one side and Germany on the other. So there's a, this is a sort of, sounds like it might be a British version of that sort of idea. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm quite looking forward to that. It looked intriguing. Um, so th- those are the, all the air date changes. Uh, next week, things to look out for on TV. Bob's Burgers is back for its third season. That's tomorrow night, 21st of October at 10 p.m. Big Bang theory is back for its ninth season on e4 that's on the 22nd at 8 30 i'm looking forward to that coming back yeah me too sleepy hollow returns to universal channel for its third season on the 22nd at 9 p.m that started a few weeks ago in the u.s and its ratings are a little bit shaky so i'm hoping that picks up because it's they're, they're kind of saying that i uh, don't know whether it's going to survive after this season if it doesn't pick up too much so i'm hoping that that sorts itself out Last Kingdom, which is uh, the BBC show about Vikings, and it's about Wessex, which is the eponymous Last Kingdom. Um, that starts on the 22nd at 9pm as well. Russell Howard's Good News is back for its 10th season, but it's moved from BBC Three to BBC Two, which will be its new home. Uh, that's on the 22nd at 10pm. I love that show. It's yeah, hilarious. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that coming back. This isn't actually a premiere date, but so many people mentioned it that I ended up putting it back in. Um, Team Wolf season one is coming back to the UK. Uh, that's on Five Star. That's coming on the 27th of October at 9 pm. Hopefully, that means that they will run the other seasons because I think Sky ran the first two seasons uh then the third season appeared on itunes but it didn't appear anywhere else so hopefully that means that they'll run three to um i think they're up to six seasons now in the u.s so hopefully that means that the rest will be coming as well fairly swiftly um but yeah it's it's running on five star so if you want to see team wolf back in the uk go on go and watch it because uh, that will encourage them to buy the rest of them Hemlock Grove is back for its third and final season. That's on 23rd of October on Netflix. Jekyll and Hyde, which is a new show on ITV, comes 25th of October. This is at 6.30, which surprised me, because I expected this to be kind of a bit darker than that and kind of run a bit later. Uh, But it's set in 1930s London, stars Tom Bateman from The Vinci's Demons as Robert Jekyll, grandson of Dr. Jekyll, on a quest to discover his real identity, his true family history, and the nature of his curse uh it's written by charlie higson um who who he's probably best known to older people as one of the guys out of the fast show and younger people as the guy that writes young bond so yeah that that he's a good writer so i'm looking forward to to seeing how that turns out uh particularly as it seems to be pitched it's a sunday the 25th so um it seems to be pitching that doctor who kind of area so uh we'll see how that goes scream queens 
which is the new horror comedy from uh, Ryan Murphy, who uh, made Glee, an American horror story. It's coming to E4 on the 26th at 10pm. Looks hilarious. Yes, does look good. It's been getting mixed reactions in the US, so I don't know how well it's going to do, particularly as you've got Scream, um, which is running on Netflix over here, which has been doing fairly well. So we'll see um, what happens with that. Catastrophe Season 2 coming to Channel 4, uh, 27th of October. That comes back. I didn't haven't seen the first season, but I was told it was very good. It's hilarious. Uh, cool. Uh, yeah, I might have to see if I can catch up with that. Um, but I became uh, a little bit obsessed with Rob Delaney after watching Catastrophe. <laughs> He's a very funny man that isn't in half as much stuff as he should be. Yeah, yeah. That's that's quite good. I, I, uh, I might have to see if I can go and find that somewhere to catch up with it uh and finally the middle is back for its seventh season this on comedy central that's on the 27th of october at 9 p.m and that's everything for this week i think that's unless you have anything more to add i don't think so i think we've covered quite a lot of ground today i think we probably have so um if you want to find out more information about uh, tv shows and their dates during the week come to geektown.co.uk uh, if you want to get in touch with us you can email us at podcast at geektown.co.uk you can leave us a message on this website post you can find us on twitter at geektown or on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown that's everything we'll see you next week bye Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 